It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of At The Turn. Joe with you, joined by a very special guest. We talk about him <laughs> nearly every episode. He's been on a few times. The returning champ, live from Spokane, Brian Romy. Rome, thanks for hopping on, buddy. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about our goals for 2024 as a way to get into tournament preparation and what our philosophies are. Before we get to any of that, a reminder to please rate and review the podcast. If you're looking at your app right now, go ahead and hit five stars on either Spotify or Apple. Tell us your favorite Brian Romy moment. What was it? There's so many to pick from. Let us know what you love about Brian Romy and the energy that he brings to not only this show, but us talking about him constantly on this show. How do you I feel about being mentioned too. so often? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny, but it's because it's like, who is this guy? Um, <laughs> and if you guys actually go back to the podcast history, I'm the very first time on there for how to sandbag, I think was the title. Sandbagging 101 with Brian <laughs> yeah. Romy, which is still yeah. my favorite title we've ever had. In yeah. episode. I'm not sure. still sure how I'm supposed to feel about that one, but um, <laughs> Well, when we talk about you, I feel like you're going to respond via text message. So it's like I have this communication like in the future that I know is going to come and then you text about it. So it's really fun for me. But no, you're 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 a character in the show. You're you're Nick and I's dear friend when we had that magical couple of years together in Idaho. We're all going to be back there in June. Nikki is en route right now. So it's very exciting. We're going to see him a lot more, especially with you up in Spokane. I know that's exciting. So it's a. Uh... I'm going to have to definitely make a couple more trips down to Moscow Pullman and we'll have to get him up even coming up to circle and Raven. So some of those fun courses up this area, I'm going to ask you about this later. So, so kind of save it, but I, I I've never played golf in Spokane before. So I, I know, I don't, That's I don't know. Shame. Shame, shame, I, I don't shame. know how it's escaped me because I, I literally lived in the Palouse Pullman and, Mo and Moscow for like seven years and I still never have played golf in Spokane. Maybe we can rectify that this summer if the schedules work out. Absolutely. We can play all the city courses. We can do all the county courses. Um, Spokane's got one of the best public systems in the country. So um, definitely take advantage for inexpensive golf. And it's it's super awesome. And you don't get a lot of nice weather in Spokane. So when it happens, you got to take advantage of that lower uh, greens fee. Yeah, you got to kind of squeeze it in because what? I mean, you're probably talking in earnest, like really May through like mid-October, basically, is kind of the peak season. Depends on how good your gear is, right? So <laughs> yeah. if, if, if you can handle a little bit of cold, wear a, wear a beanie on your head, get some foot joy, waterproof gear, oh, yeah. nice shoes, and you can do anything up here. So. It's, I love that. Cause, but, but like, so, so courses aren't open right now, are they, Romy? Like, you, could you sneak on if there was like a 45-degree day is it like this week? So some of the courses are open, um, like Trailhead, which is a nine-hole golf course in Liberty Lake, which is about 15 minutes from me. They are actually open right now with temporary greens and temporary tee boxes. Um, so as of, of yesterday, golf. they were open. Yeah, it snowed today, so that changes things a little <laughs> bit. But yeah, they are open and, and discounted rates, so they're not charging the full green fee. It's like ten bucks or twenty dollars to play eighteen holes, something like that. So it's pretty cheap. That's honorable because some 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 courses in the Portland metro area kind of keep the same rates from I don't know February to like. September and if they punch they don't yeah. change you really need those variable rates if you have different conditions exactly so the main reason I brought you on today is to talk about tournament prep and 
I, I, I wish we had Nick because I think it would be a really good sort of three distinct skill levels of the game. But even so with us, I think it's still interesting. You are basically a scratch golfer. You're a 0.5 right now? Uh, 0.8 right now, yeah. Oh, point eight. Okay, let's, point let's, eight, yeah. let's get it right. For the I know record. it's close enough, right? It's, it's pretty close. That, that half a shot's really important, actually, it, right now for me. So it it is, and we'll get to that in a moment. I'm at an eight point two. We both have very concrete goals. Yours, I mean, we came up with this yesterday, right? Or was this the day? I mean, it was certainly this week that we just started texting about it. I'll get to it. You're going to try to qualify for the United States Open Championship. Hundred percent. Yeah, that is the goal. There's a little bit of few constraints there. Um, one being my handicap's not been turned back on yet. Sure. Um, I did pay the dues. Yeah. yeah. And then if I go play some of these discounted courses right now, I can't exactly post that score if it's temporary greens and everything else. So, Sure. But you do have time before, because your handicap needs to be 0.4 or lower, as I understand it, and you have a few months to get to that level, then register. And the cool part about it is there is – qualifying at Palouse Ridge Golf Course, which is just in Pullman, about 90 exactly. minutes south of you, a course you know very well. Yeah, that, that's the exciting part. Um, yeah, of course, it's like it's trying to get down quick enough uh, to be able to sign up. I think the cutoff is like April. Um, of course, that fills up quickly, sure. especially for the area, because like with one of the best public systems in the country up here, there's so many people that just want to go down there. Um it's kind of a surprise this year, though, for the handicap kind of dropping. Um, so I was hoping that it would be kind of like, cool, I'll just sign up and then see the information. It's like it was a 1.4 last year. Now it's a 0.4. I'm like, oh, so yeah. I still got some work to do. So instead of just preparing for the tournament, you also have sort of the added hurdle of I have to drop a half a stroke and dropping a half a stroke when you're an 8.2 like me is, all right, let's have a couple good rounds in the mid seventies. No big deal. It's a little bit different for you. You really have to have your game be clicking kind of when posting season starts. Yeah. And then do it in an honorable way as well, too. I want to shoot those scores, see it drop, not be like, Hey, let me just add an extra, you know, I'm not doing that. Let's, yeah, let's make this happen. I don't want a Punic victory. Right. So, well, and, and, and that's a good point, Romy, because it's, it's the sort of thing that like, if you, you know, go in with your handicap, you're posting a score on a temp green and a temp tee box, and maybe you technically do it. You want to be firing it. Like you wouldn't want to attempt to qualify for the U S open if you weren't at that level because you don't want to go and be like, holy shit, I got to break 90. You want to go in with the expectation yeah. of like, I'm going to go in and actually give myself a real chance, make some birdies, hat, scratch out some good pars and post the number. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's from my game level too. It's like, I shot the lowest round of my, um, like playing, I guess, competitive this last year, which was awesome to do that. And it's just, I want to, I want to see what it sits at the golf course. I don't expect it to happen, which is kind of a different philosophy going to. It's like, let's have fun with this. Let's sure. let's see it happen. Um, I can get hot enough where I could maybe something crazy will happen, like Star Lightning may strike, but I at least would rather say I, I at least attempted it and then just not, you know, throughout my career. So. Yeah, I I think that's a good point because when you when you go into a golf tournament or a competition typically you're like okay i'm going to i'm going to win or at least give myself a chance to but something like this that is you know i think you would agree a little bit outside of your depth you've you've never tried to do it before so you're going to be playing with golf like there's going to be guys that are going to shoot in the mid 60s in this not that you're not capable of doing that 
But I think everything would have to sort of come together for that kind of round to occur and for you to advance to the next stage of qualify. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and it, it has to – some stuff's got to happen. Like you got to get those favorable bounces. You right, know? yeah. Um, I do know the golf course. I've, I've played there since almost when it actually opened. Um, I played the course before it was Palouse Ridge. Oh, right? me too, so, buddy. The old niner. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's now the, the, the pro shop's now the tennis court, like, uh, shop oh, yeah. or something. So it's, you know, I've been around that area. I know how the golf courses play, and I realize how challenging that could be. Um, you know, first tee, hit it at the bell in the clock tower with a little slight draw, and it'll feed down. Good luck. You know, like, there's yeah. there's some stuff yeah. that's second nature. So there's some course knowledge, which is great. Whether it'll help me in the big picture, you never know. Yeah, there's one thing to have a game plan and one thing to execute. So I'm going to, I, I think this is my third or fourth crack at trying to qualify for the Oregon Mid-Am. So not quite the stakes as you, but that is the thing that I shoot for. And the problem that I run into, I've talked about it before, that is in mid-April. And I'm not usually at the peak of my powers in mid-April. <laughs> no. I'm basically dusting things off and... Let's keep this thing on the golf course and maybe we'll make a few putts and I'll break 80. But to basically do it, you know, historically, 76, 75 is going to get you in. If you get lucky, you know, 78, 79 can get you in a playoff if the weather's not very good. But this is what I wanted to talk to you about is how you gear up for a competition. And what I want to start with is, is, is this idea. And I'm curious to get your thought on it. For me... You talk about course management. Coming up with a game plan for the golf course, in my mind, is almost as important as me having my A game. So for you, how much is it venue versus your level of play and how you feel? So that that's a pretty tough, interesting question because it's I've tried to play conservative, done really horribly. I've tried really, really aggressively, done horribly. So it's kind of... You kind of go with what you have, um, like the most comfortable comfortability with. Mm. If it's three wood off the tee, two iron off the tee, it's just it's. I think it's more executing or doing your process. Um, you know, trying to get yourself out of that uncomfortable consistency. I guess in the same way too. But for for me, it's like I will look at the golf course. I know a spot of landing areas or like the the trouble zones. Um, it's like two fifty. That's a problem. Two thirty. You're in good shape. Like. So it's, it's basically, you're not trying to get a hundred percent out of your club every single time in a way you want to have that, that miss factor of like, well, I know if I get tired, I'm going to start pushing it a little bit. So it's, it's really just minimizing your misses and really being understandable of how you operate on the golf course. Yeah. You make, you, you, you make a really good point about like, when you know a golf course, you can be either really conservative or really aggressive sometimes. And, and I, I fall into the same trap where I've had the approach of like, okay, we're just going to keep the ball in play, take things in front of us. But then I find that I'm making, you know, four bogeys in a row and holy shit, I'm, I'm on the back nine and I'm six over through 13. And now I got to press a little bit to get those strokes back instead of just perhaps playing my normal game, hitting greens and fairways yeah, exactly. instead of being too conservative. So it's almost of like, I want to be very knowledgeable about a course. I want to understand how to manage my game, but I don't want to go too far in that direction when I'm trying to manage everything too much instead of just playing golf. Yeah. And you can overdo it. I mean, you still want to have fun out there. You're still in a manicured park looking at beautiful scenery. <laughs> so true. Trying, and it's just like, okay, step back. What am I doing today? Like that's what kind of the driving range is for. You don't fix anything on the driving range before tournaments. You, you loosen up. 
You know, you've already done the, the prep work, essentially. You're loosening up and figure out what I have today. My body feels different, you know. Like, my hands are maybe not – I'm a little too conservative with wedges or I'm pushing putts. Like, just figure that stuff out and enjoy the day. It really – that's all you got to do with that stuff. Yeah, you make you make an interesting point about the range. You're not you're not trying to work on stuff before a competitive <laughs> no. round. You're like, no. okay, where's the ball going? I got to find the center of the club face a few times to feel that. Is the driver cutting? Am I hitting it straight? How is my alignment? Like, just basically those sort of basic things. Like, and, and you're right for putting. Like, am I am I pushing putts? Or am I feeling pretty good about it? Okay, we don't got to work on putting. We feel good about putting. Then you go to the driving range and maybe maybe hit a few long irons. Like, oh baby, we're hitting the long irons good. And then you pull the driver out and you're like, oh no. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. we hang this and and at that point it's like all right well i didn't really feel good with the driver how long can i get away with hitting a three iron or a five wood in my case to keep it in play and then you know the calculus that i do Romy, is well if i if i'm allowed a big miss then i'm going to swing a driver and you know have my normal driver swing and if i have a big miss no big deal i can get it back in play and we can still save par Exactly. Yeah. And I, th- I think from my side too, it's like, if you have two way misses, that's a problem. Right. But if you, there's trends, there's tendencies like, okay, well, you know, if you shank one on the driving range before plan, that's usually a good sign. You're going to play. Okay. Cause it calms you down a lot of it times does. or it freaks you out to the point where you're like, I'm going to hit another bucket. And you're like, Nope, time for you. Time for you to go. Do you so. have a theory about, because I cannot tell you, and I had a round last year where I was at the driving range and I, I'm a pretty good ball striker, but I was flushing everything and it was going right to the target. And I like didn't draw my buddy's attention to it because I was just like, this is this is weird. <laughs> and then I shot 92. Like I had absolutely <laughs> yeah. nothing all day. But you make a good point with the shank, or when you're like towing it or hitting it off the hosel, or like nothing's going right on the range. You 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 end up going to the course with such little expectation. That you just keep it in play, and you, all of a sudden you're like through ten. You're like, oh wow, I'm only plus one. I'm actually playing pretty good right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you been able to wrap your head around like why that happens uh, ahead of a round, and why it's like the opposite? Why a good warm up session doesn't usually lead to a good round, and vice versa? I, I can't figure that out. I, it's visual cues for me, probably. Mm. Um, like, you got alignment on the driving range, you got a target, but you're not thinking about your process on the on the golf course like are you actually thinking about oh i'm trying to hit that 150 marker you know it's it more or less and also it's rhythm like you could just drop a ball hit it drop a ball hit it are you or are you going to set up to actually think about this would be my first tee shot right now what is it going to do so if you're sitting there just pounding balls it's loosening up your body i mean unless you're really trying to work on okay middle of club face posture takeaway whatever else but it's yeah, like the driving range is warm up, and that I don't take that. Um, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. I don't take a lot of weight to it about going to the golf course. It's it's like okay, I caught the club face a couple times in the middle. Great, that means I'm I'm playing golf at that point. You know, I'm not shanking it around, but yeah, there's, just enjoy the day. You know, there, there's some sort of good responsiveness. Um, yeah. You know, a thing that I have kind of struggled with as I get a little bit older is. My body won't really let me practice the full swing as much as I want to. Like when we were young and I'll say younger when we were younger and we lived in Idaho, 
um, you know, I was in my early mid twenties at that point. I could basically do whatever I wanted in terms of practicing playing all the time. But now as I approach 40 and I've had a couple neck surgeries, I really have a tough time going and beating balls. So I find that short game is where I spend a lot of my time practicing and I just kind of take whatever full swing I have and, and I let it go. So I'm curious as, 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 as you've gotten older, Brian, have you, have you changed your approach to practicing and focused on different things just because the wear and tear is different? A hundred percent. There's, there's about 20 pounds of me that's never played the game before um, <laughs> that I got to work and walk into this season. So um, yeah, it's, I think there's, when you're younger, also you just swing as hard as you can. Yeah. Like I, I remember all the long drives and stuff that hit the middle of the fairway. I don't think about the other nine or 10 that just almost killed some birds kind of situation. <laughs> so I think it's just more of, I've, I've been more, in tune to what I got to work with. Um, I'm not, I'm going to be outdriven quite a bit by some of these younger guys. They do it now. It drives me crazy. My ego's there. <laughs> um, I need, to, uh, my dilemma is put a hybrid in the bag or keep a three iron, right? It's you know like where I see ego Cause I'm a two wood guy, right? <laughs> I've been that my whole life, but I'll be damned if these kids don't, you know, don't see me with three woods and make fun of me. Kind of, that's what I'm thinking in my head. Right. So it's just, uh, for me, a lot is posture, alignment, um, and it's really is like being comfortable. Gear is a big important part of my fact. Like I've like took good shoes. Um, oh yeah. Like a really well fitting shirt or shorts mm-hmm. is amazing. Because I've had abdominal surgery and it's yeah. like there's scars and stuff. You know, like a wrong belt sits on there weird, and I'm like, okay, let I can be a fat guy, but let's be comfortable out there, right? So. No, you make. <laughs> You make such a good point that, like, let's just bring the swing we have today, but it's the other stuff around it. Like, I would rather – so, like, let's take the Corner Club Open, this tournament that we play in and talk about it. Wait, what's this, what's this golf course? Yeah, right. I know you've never heard of it, right? <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I would rather spend 30 minutes in my hotel doing yoga and, like, stretching and drinking a bunch of water rather than, like, being at the course – and, and beating balls like to me that's a better use of my time to prepare for being out on the golf course for 18 holes i need my body to feel good and you're right about like a good pair of shoes shirt that fits comfortably like just feeling good out there on the golf course is way more of a key to me playing well than like all right i need to putt for 20 minutes i gotta chip for 10 minutes i got to hit long irons and drivers yeah, and then short better iron. rush but, over there and hurry up and do it too yeah so. i don't need an hour of practice i need like 15 give me six balls give me four putts where's the first he wants the course record to do the john daly yeah exactly <laughs> i birded the first hole call in the pro shop what what's the score record out here like, uh, it's, like uh, it's like 58 you're not doing it today yeah oh, okay yeah. I did that. I, 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 the round that I posted on Instagram the other day, I did actually birdie the first hole, and I think I hung a cool eighty-eight on the board. It's one of those where it's like, how do we do this? What's going on? But I'm always the opposite. I always like double or bogey and then, the first, and then it settles you in, and then it, then it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to shoot crazy low, and then oh, weird, I slowly get another one back like throughout the range. Yeah, and and, and now we're even my best 12. round. Yeah. yeah, well, it is it is so interesting because there is the whole thing about birding in the first hole is kind of a curse, right? Because there's, you're, you're sort of chasing the dragon a little bit. And it's not that I changed the way that I played. It's just I was perhaps, perhaps like, you know, putt a little more aggressively on birdie putts than I normally would because I made the first one. And it starts to add up kind of quickly. Um, getting getting back to the competition part of things, we, we were texting a little bit today, and you made a really interesting point. 
when I was a two handicap, I was playing literally the same course every single day. And I was definitely a better golfer than I am now. So I'm not trying to say that I'm the same skill mm -hmm. level. But now I play a rotation of six or seven courses, all of which require different elements of the game to be successful. And I'm an eight. And I'm, I'm truly an eight. But the idea of playing one course a lot versus playing a lot of different courses to feel that confidence that your game can travel is a really interesting idea. And, you know, belonging to a country club or having a course that you're close to, I often wonder, do those type of golfers feel like they can go to a course they've never played before and play pretty close to their number? Or are they going to be freaking out because they're not used to those typical benchmarks that they would be in the round when they play their home course? Yeah, I, I played, so some of the tournaments I do is like the county and city ones, um, Spokane, and a lot of the guys are like, okay, their home course is Liberty Lake, and mm -hmm. they don't play the one across the street very much. So it's, a lot of times, like even playing against them, I'm like, okay, I expect them to go lower on their home course, you know, they're more comfortable, they know that, the, whether they think about it or not, is the course management, you know, it kind of becomes ingrained in you playing the same course over and over again. Their games don't always translate well. Um you know, I've played this, some of the same courses in the area. I play the same course every single week. And I'm like, am I learning to play that course or am I getting better? And it's, you really got to put yourself in an uncomfortable golf course or just challenge yourself. Like don't give yourself any kind of little freebies or gimmies, that kind of stuff, especially with your local group. You know, it's like, take everything. Are you really that low? You know, that kind of situation all the time. But I, I think you have to play more courses. You have to switch it up go play the same course on a different tee box and even see if it's like, it makes you uncomfortable. Or like, Oh, weird. That green I, I used to be able to get to is now can on my second shot. So it, just figure out where your train, what it translates to and what you might be missing in your game too, by doing that stuff. Like there's always ways to practice. Um, it's just give what you, you know, given with like growing up in Moscow, we had two golf courses pretty much. Oh, actually three, but one of them was private. Yeah. Um, like a little nine hole. I don't know if they should count that course, but <laughs> the, the Elks. Elks, no offense, I mean, the Elks, but yeah, it's a tough little course, but you know, you play the same things over and over and over again. We would skip holes sometimes and like, okay, this is going to be a par six. You know, we play it from the water tower, par three, all the way down two or something, then back up like five. And, you know, you just, you just do some fun stuff. There's ways to be creative with it all. It's just, from the tournament side, though, 100%, those guys struggle traveling if you play the same course too much. You need to try the different courses. You know, you need to say, okay, I hit six iron eight times a day. I didn't touch my five, didn't touch my nine. You know, it's like, well, why not? Do you know, actually remember how to hit them well? You know, that kind of thing. So, You make, you make a really good point with experimenting with different tee boxes, either going back or going forward, not to make it harder or easier, but to... Go through your bag. Try different shots. I think that's a really important aspect of preparing for whatever, a tournament, your next round, whatever the case may be. Um, in So in terms of actually playing a tournament, Brian, do you think mm -hmm. it is useful to... Even on a course you know well, let, let's let's take the example that you're doing. And I'm, and, and I'm going to a course that I know pretty well also down in Tualatins, the OGA golf course. I know how to manage it, but going into it, I would feel better if I played around a week, a 
few days beforehand just to sort of refamiliarize, make sure nothing changed. Is there a different bunker? Is there a weird pin position? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So ahead of a round like this for the U.S. Open qualifier, if you're able to participate in it, would you want to go down, try to play it the day before, maybe go down for the weekend, play it the weekend before, or because you know the course, let's just work on things at home and we'll see what happens. Uh, practice rounds, yeah. it's. I think it's mainly time allotted, right? So it's. I, I know they didn't do anything new to the course. Um, they may have put in a little harder conditions with some of the roughs in the area, but I know where those areas are. The only thing they could kind of do is make the greens so incredibly fast that I'm not used to that, right? So, or, or they actually, probably requirements for the USGA that they have to have a certain level of, um, you know, like stem meter or how long the grass is or the rough. So that, that's probably a good idea to go down and at least check it out. Um, if I walk into this completely blind, I, you know, I might be getting in the eighties or (laughs) nineties depending, but you know, it's, it is definitely any preparation is this puts one more variable you don't have to think about. Right. So like, oh, the course is going to be tough. I understand that. But in what way is it going to be tougher? Exactly. So, so we, we, we've established we're both washed. We're old. Uh, we can't practice yep. as much as, as, as we used to or probably play as much. So I'm, I, I'm a little bit more able to go out and play. So, you know, you, you, you basically have a three to four, five month, maybe depending on the luck of the draw off season. How do you stay sharp? Is it, a, is, is it all putting? Do you chip? Do you go in the garage? What do you do to at least get the the sense of hitting a golf ball with a club in some way, Brian? So every single Wednesday, whether it's winter or summer, I have, that's basically my golf day. Um, I play simulators in the wintertime. I play a golf league with some buddies. Um, we actually, it's pretty fun. We do the, we follow the golf course that's in, currently in the PGA Tour. So that does sound that, fun. So we get to play like, okay, they were, you know, they were just at Pebble. So, you know, we get to play Pebble. Um, he'll sometimes mix up the formats. Like I think last week we did only seven iron. Um, oh, yeah. This week that. was alternate shot. Um, and then we play like nine holes after the, the nine hole tournament thing is done for the week. But yeah, every Wednesday, get away from my desk meetings, hit some putts. Um, I probably putted 70 times already today to a little putt out. You know, trying to make it stop in that little cup hole thing. Oh, so hard for me to do. I remember that thing you had in your apartment. Yeah, that thing is lunacy. Yeah, where you got to like, if it goes too far, it rolls off. But if you don't hit it far enough, you have to like get it up the little ramp and stay before it goes down the other side. Just then it drops in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I was doing that for like the last month and I realized I had the little bar set up so it wouldn't stop in the middle of the hole. So that's some self-sabotage right there. That's such like, a golfer thing. On? Yeah, it, it, it must be me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, are you kidding me? That little thing is like halfway loaded up, and it's, you know, the way it's supposed to fold flat and go into a drawer. I'm like, come on. So we're talking about putt out, by the way, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. So, so Brian, if you if you really are, are, are aiming to get your handicap down by a half stroke by a certain time, is it? most useful to play a course in your estimation where you can take it deep or to play a hard course where old man par is really going to help your handicap? Well, so I probably, I mean, that's the familiarity, right? I need to play a course that I know I can drop the the handicap, like trying to get on that course as soon as possible. Yeah. 
Um, going into like, but it'd be a better judge of my game if I played a harder course I don't know that well and it drops down. So there's kind of two different things. Do I want to, do I want to know where my game's at or do I actually want to try to give it a, a fair run to actually get it to drop? Because I only have a certain amount of rounds I could probably get before there anyways. And I I probably should know this, but I don't know how many how many court, how many rounds it would take to drop at half a stroke. Yeah. Um, is it going to take me three rounds? I, I Matt, Nick would probably know. That'd be a great question for Nick. Like, <laughs> how are the stats in this? Like, can Nick, it, when it you're hearing this, text Brian. I know. Please do. <laughs> can it happen in two rounds, or would it need to be like five? Because um, once again, that's like okay, I can get maybe a weekend round in, minus the snow outside right now, right? Or I'd have to drive down to Lewiston, Clarkston, Washington, just to try to okay, let's see if I can get into Bryden Canyon for for a quick 18 and hopefully I shoot under par. Like, you know, that that's kind of a, I, I realized what the expectation is too. So I think it's doable. I just, you know, I have to be somewhat realistic about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely doable, but it is such an interesting calculus of like, you want your a game. So you want to challenge yourself in an unfamiliar course, but in order to even get into the event to challenge, to make sure that you have your a game, you have to, lower your handicap so the rounds have to be good. It's it's a really interesting chicken and the egg dynamic. But yes. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for you. I think it's going to be a very fun journey. Um, well, good news. It is time for our Mad Golfer of the Week. It's brought uh -oh. to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. We're going to Palouse Ridge Golf Club, site of where Brian Romy hopes to pass the first stage of U.S. Open qualifying it's short and sweet, but this is one of my favorite ones I've seen in a while. This is Ed Beatty. Ed says, quote, I only chipped and putted. Looks hilly with a 140 slope. Cart or cardiac, LOL. My legs are as white as out-of-bound stakes, LOL. Ed Beatty, congrats. I wish you guys could see Brian's face. He's so confused. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> He says he's old, he needs a carter, he's going to have a heart attack, and his legs are as white as out-of-bounds stakes. And he threw gotcha. a couple LOLs in there. Ed Beatty, congrats. You are our mad golfer of the week. A lot of positive reviews for Palouse Ridge. I really enjoy that place. I really do. It has an amazing practice facility. Um, like One of the best in the area, even against like Spokane. Like I wish that was my like driving range. I wish that was my putting range. And there's a lot of target golf on that golf course. It's probably, of course, he doesn't see where he's going, Ed. There's a lot of hills, you know. It is yeah. the <laughs> the rolling plains of of that area. So, uh, look. Go, go Tell Ed to go look at the polar bears, or not polar bears, excuse me, grizzly bears, and just, you know, have a coffee from Ferdinand's or something, or ice cream. Okay, I'm going to ask you this on the pod, because I swear to God, this is true. <laughs> Did Washington State University have a cow that was like, Basically, you could see its its organs, and it was still alive. Like, they had a plexiglass on the cow's stomach for the vet students to see the inside of a working cow. Am I misremembering that from ripping so, bongs too much, or is that something that actually happened? <laughs> so, are you, are you saying the U of I had that? No, I believe Wazoo did. Okay, I do know, being in that area, so there was something from the vet um, hospital, like vet school, whatever they were doing. Yeah. Um, they had like a porthole in the side of the cow that you could actually see the digestion of, of one of their stomachs. And they did that as far as a like um, scientifically. Right. So I don't I don't know what it looked like. I don't think I ever saw it, but 
I definitely was aware of that story. See, this is great because Lacey's going to hear this. And because it was you who said this, you have a high standing in her household. She's going to believe this. This is very <laughs> exciting. Thank you. Thank you're you for saying welcome. that. That's 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 very useful to me. And one more thing, Mark, I know you're listening. The organizer of the Corner Club Open. First of all, thank you so much for doing this. We love it. We're going to be back in 2024. If you need me to email, phone call, or contact Palouse Ridge in any way to perhaps get the scramble at that golf course this year, please let me know. I'll do what I can. I think that would be a lot of fun to have the scramble on that golf course, Palouse Ridge, because it's such a fun track. I just love it, and it gives me an excuse to play it. I haven't played it in years. Yeah, that's so I think they used to have the best ball at Palouse Ridge just to bring, bring people back, and then they just scrambled you by. But I... I since we had like the fires and stuff that kind of got isolated to one golf course. But yeah, that was great when we got to only drive eight miles away and play a, um, you know, a definitely different track out championship there, so. golf course. Yeah, yeah for exactly. sure. Well, maybe we can just get our asses down there a day early and play a practice round at Palouse Ridge before the corner club open. That could be another option as well. Absolutely. Brian, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you. We have one more thing before we're going to let you get out of here. We can't escape without you participating yet again in turn 10. Brought to you by Piper Golf. Use promo code TURN10 at checkout for incredible savings off incredible golf balls. Ten rapid-fire questions. Brian, you ready? Uh-oh. Okay. Number one, Rory or Rom? Rom. Number two, Long Drive or KP? KP. Number three, Ace or Albatross? Ace. Number four, Best Course in the Inland Northwest? Ooh, uh, probably Circling Raven. Number five, favorite on-course snack? A granola bar. Number six, favorite on-course beverage? Any beer. Any <laughs> form of beer. Yeah, Boswell. Alcohol. Number yeah. seven, Pro V1 of the field? Pro V1. Number eight, longest career holeout? Um... 225 oh damn good par yeah. what was it for uh eagle <laughs> nice love that yeah. number nine push cart or motorized cart push cart and number 10 would you rather shoot 69 or have nick heidelberger shoot 79 nick heidelberger shoot 79 100%. what a guy brian Romy. We can't wait to see you hoisting the United States Open trophy this June <laughs> yeah. at Pinehurst number two. Thanks you so much for your time, buddy, and always uh, being a good sport about your involvement with the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn. Thank you.